Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. Well, I'm sitting down today with Taylor Russell, and I'm going to read directly off of her website so that you know that I'm not being mean to her. It says... She's a 2009 Snohomish High School graduate. Congratulations. She was the 20, 2022 board member of the year for the historic downtown Snohomish Association. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You're the commissioner for District 5. We don't know what the other districts are, but for District 5, the Snohomish County Historic Preservation Commission. And you are the state representative for the American Association of Local and State History. Yes. Somehow I don't believe this because you're not sitting there wearing black thick glasses and in a library. So (laughs) you made all this up. Taylor, welcome. You may regret joining the show, but welcome. (laughs) You run a website called Snohomish Walks. Yes, that is correct. Why? What was the reason for this? How did you get started? Gosh, well, the seed of it was planted when I was in high school. At Snohomish High School. Where you graduated. (laughs) Where I graduated in 2009. Yeah, huge deal. Um, I loved history. Um, Shout out to my history teachers. Um, Dan Parker (laughs) is one of them. Um, I just had a great time um, learning about history. And I went on to Western Washington University studied history and geography, got a master's in teaching, thought I was going to be a high school history teacher okay. and totally got off track after graduating from Western. Um, I ended up in the culinary world. I was working as a chef and I had a great job. I just started it in fall 2019. Um, and the restaurant shut down in March, 2020. So Snohomish Walks is a COVID pivot, a pandemic pivot. <laughs> okay. A lot of people got pets during the period of time. You opened a business. Yeah, exactly. Like, Just like it this gave podcast. Me... <laughs> Great. Yeah. A lot of like creative things were born of that time because I was receiving unemployment and um, I had this time and space to put energy towards my creative projects. Mm-hmm. So I went back to this, um, I had so many pictures of Snohomish, of all the old houses, um, just from my many years of living there and always recording that. So I started posting them to Instagram and basically it was just images, just pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. And it has just grown from there. I started adding captions with the history of each building. I would like do deep dives on ancestry.com and all sorts of archives and trace everyone's family histories. Um, and it just, yeah, I mean, people loved it. (laughs) I was surprised, uh, but at the same time, like it made a lot of sense because it spoke directly to this community in a very hyper local way. Okay. Um, and from there I made some products The first one was a historic homes of Snohomish coloring book. 
I'm gonna, and... I'm, gonna I'm gonna pause you. We're gonna we're gonna go, okay. come back to your procs for a second. I gotta I gotta unpack some of these things you said. I gotta contest oh, with you. Okay, yeah. yeah. You don't. I have to fact check everything. I before I I and I'm totally kidding you. I I, I loved history in in high school too. But uh-huh. that's not a very common thing. Most most of my my classmates were like, oh, this sucks. But I, I really enjoyed um, Washington State history in high school. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed um, just in general. It was, it was back then uh, what was contemporary. You're looking at his history. I mean, back, no, kidding. Um, <laughs> But back then, a lot of the testing was not not the standardized stuff that kids have today. So it was like it was easy for me to go, oh yeah, and you know, fourteen ninety two Columbus, blah blah blah. I I remembered the numbers and the facts and figures where my my friends all just didn't like that. So I loved history. It was it was something that I I enjoyed a great deal. And so I tease you about it, but I'm I'm kind of there with you. Okay. <laughs> but what you said. So this is the part that really you you made a you kind of you said something, but you you Mm. kind of danced away from it. We're going to pull you back. So you went to Western and history and you're going to be a teacher. And then you got in the culinary field. Um, Yeah. Okay. We're going to break that down. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's, let's unpack that one a little bit. How does one go from a master's and nothing, this is nothing wrong with any of this, that culinary is wonderful. I mean, I I obviously eat, Um, but how did you get, what, what got you going into that field? And obviously we know what got you out of it, but what got you into it? Well, first I'll say that I loved my graduate program in teaching. I was super excited uh, to plan curriculum for history classes. I yeah. wanted to present history in an interesting way where young folks would love it and um, you know make it really about story and mm-hmm. things you could relate to. Then when I got to the internship part of it and had to actually be in the classroom teaching students, I think I just, it wasn't the right setup for me because you are in front of people performing and these people don't really want to be there. Like they're young kids with other things to do. And I don't know, there's so much that you're growing through at that age. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like um, quite disenchanted. And that's and 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 and, and look, I've I've heard that from a lot of people that thought that they wanted to get into the educational field, which is great because we need people in the educational field. But then you go and do the job, and you're like, "This isn't what I." And what's funny is that. I don't want to say you should know. I don't mean it like, like in a, in a snotty know it all. You should have known, but it, 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 we should all have known because when we're sitting in those classes, you, you're not, you were sitting in those classes just a few years exactly. earlier. And, 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 and so I'm kind of teasing you, but at the same time, it, it's so you, you got into the culinary field and we don't have to go there. That's fine. But what I actually think where I compliment you in, in all seriousness here. So you, you, you get the masters, you stand up in front of the room, you go, this Thanks, but I mean, no. it didn't feel like important for me to be teaching them about history. That was like, it wasn't that anything was wrong with the content. It was just like, these kids are at a different place right now. And this doesn't feel 
like the thing they need. They need like emotional social learning and they need like practical things. And right. What grade, yeah. what, what, uh, what grades were you going to try to teach? It was going to be high school. Okay. High school. All right. Okay. So culinary. Oh, yeah. How, how did you, I mean, I guess we will unpack that. How did you go from this to, to the culinary? What was the, how, how'd you end up there? Well, I, uh, abandoned the internship when I realized okay. it wasn't right. Okay. And I actually, um, ended up with a job in the mortgage world as an assistant. That was just because I had family members in the industry. And so I needed a job and it was just a really helpful moment in time. Um, but that was definitely not for, for me and my, um, <laughs> spirit. <laughs> so I found some work at a restaurant that I actually, I just really enjoyed customer service oh. and, um, that role kind of evolved to, you know, come back in the kitchen and help out. So, okay. so no um, formal training, no formal training. No. Okay. Um, I learned most of, most of what I <laughs> know from, um, the Snoqualmie, uh, heirloom cook shop. Okay. I don't know if, um, Folks will remember that place, but it was in a very iconic brick historic building in downtown Stoquamie. Okay. Really great place. Uh, now closed, unfortunately. Um, and then I kind of just started freelancing for different caterers. So I got a really huge variety of different styles of food and okay. uh, different ways of being in the kitchen. And it was great. I mean, it's a life skill that <laughs> I don't really need to be employed for it, but it's so useful now. <laughs> One of my good friends always used to tell, he wanted me to tell my son. So he sat my son down and told him, he said, you know, my son's name is Nick. And he said, Nick, you need to learn how to make pizza. Hmm. Because if you know how to make pizza, you can go anywhere in the world and always have a job. You don't need to speak the language. You just need to make pizza. People will eat pizza no matter what. They're always looking for people. Go, you know, that That's was so his, true. that was his culinary advice for my son who didn't take it. Um, he eats I wonder pizza. Is, do you think there's a, a point at which there's, you know, what is the max number of pizza places one community can support? Is there a max? I, boy, we're going to get philosophical here. Um, <laughs> I think the maximum number of pizza places that a community can support is the number of one more than the population of the community. So if the, uh -huh. if the community has 100, <laughs> 101 is the, as the capacity. Because... It will draw from other communities. I, I have you. And everyone ever, has their pizza preference. Like it's all so unique to each person. You know, yeah, it, it it is absolutely. It's it's one of those really versatile food delivery systems that works for almost everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of fruit on pizzas, like you know, but but non fruit, mm. it's hard to go wrong with pizza. All right, but let's be fair. You did some time in the mortgage, and I mean, you did some time in the mortgage business because I come from that world. I, really? Yeah, I, I come. I, I, I real estate broker side. Okay, so I, okay. I, I know, I know those people. <laughs> you did some time, hard time. I mean, it was eye opening for me because I learned about people's finances. Basically, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, this is how people do it." Yeah. It's amazing. All right, so but, you, so you did that. And then you went and got into the culinary business. Both of them were devastated by COVID though. Had you stayed yeah. in the mortgage business, COVID, COVID destroyed lending for a while. Yeah. And it's lending's being 
hurt right now. So you pivoted to your own, your own thing. Growing up, were you entrepreneurial? Anyone in your family entrepreneurial? Where did this come from? My dad always had entrepreneurial interests. Okay. Um, and he's also just super creative. So I think I get that from him. Okay. Um, there's definitely a sense of like, if anyone tells me, no, I can't create something then I'm going to just make it myself gotcha. and do it. Okay. So I think that's like the root of my entrepreneurial spirit is, okay. is basically just, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay. Not interested in hearing no. All right. And, and that's, that's a trait of a lot of entrepreneurial people. Mm-hmm. So you start Snohomish Walks. The first product is a coloring book. Yes. Which is cool. And I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to go down the business rabbit hole. I do. And I don't, okay. you know, but did, you know, if you would have had a board of directors or shareholders and you said to them, my first product's going to be a coloring book, they probably would have said no to you. Like, really? Oh, totally. So why did you decide on a coloring book? I mean, I had little confidence in Snohomish Walks <laughs> selling products. Okay. So in some respects, I chose the coloring book because it was um, minimal investment. Okay, fair. And input. Um, I obviously had the time investment of drawing the homes, but it was something mm-hmm. I, it, w- it was a skill I really wanted to learn, to be honest. Um, okay. Something for a long time that I intended to do. And Okay. Um, yeah, finally had the time. Um, I think it's also, we can get into this later, but my passion is really writing. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to be an author. I've wanted to write books. So I thought it was kind of funny to make but my first published book a coloring book. With no words. <laughs> with no words except for the front, you know, title page. Okay. All right. I got to go back. There was one other question I meant to ask you. Okay. And I know nothing about your your life, anything like that. <laughs> How thrilled were your parents when you said, well, I've got a bachelor's, I've got a master's, <laughs> and I don't want to use it. Um, they were confused and frustrated, and they often are <laughs> with me because I, I have a lot of interests, and I, you know, pursue them all. Like I have a okay. bunch of, they're like a bunch of little spokes of the wheel. I go down mm-hmm. all of them, and then okay. I'm like, oh, okay, done, and okay. move on to the next thing. And that's not their personality types, really. Um, <laughs> But I'm learning as I get older to embrace that and make that a strength rather than just. Well, I mean, a, a wheel's going to collapse if it doesn't have spokes. So you've got to have enough spokes oh. to keep. There you oh, go. I love that analogy. Yeah. I'm going to use that. You use that on your parents. <laughs> parents. Sorry, folks. Hope if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I gave her some ammunition. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm teasing you because, you know, I, uh, I went to college for finance. And I ended up in the mortgage business for 89 days. Um, and then I went somewhere completely different for the next seven years. It's just like, you know, nothing, nothing about my college experience other than maybe the, the people I met, cause I met some wonderful people 
and the experience of being at college, those things are lifelong made a lifelong imp imprint in me. And just like, I'm sure your time at Western's made a, an imprint on you um, that you can't take eight, whether you have a degree or two degrees or six degrees, it's still you, your time at the college ha had this input imprint. Yeah, absolutely. But I know a lot of people, you know, they get a degree in X and they never go near X the rest of their life. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's really, it's really more prevalent than you might think. Um, yeah, one, I've, I've been surprised when people tell me what their college degrees are. And I'm like, how, you know, what is that linear path? <laughs> like, it doesn't make, it's probably not linear. One guy I went to college with said he was going to get into HR. He got into HR. He worked for one company his entire career and he just retired. And he had a great career. He, he by on, on the outside looking in, his career was one of grand success. And I'm just like, how does one go down that one lane road your entire life without taking the detour? That's just not me. And, and, you know, like you, I'm kind of like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And, um, I, I don't think we should make these things, but you know, we try them. We should make detours. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and acceptable no, I, and I, encouraged. Cause I like, I get really worked up when I'm trying to write a resume or something. And I know I need to present myself in some sort of linear, like I did this, I did this. I'm like clearly growing in this one direction and it feels so false. Yeah, um, I agree with you. It's really hard. And I think there's so much, um, yeah, so much benefit to having many interests and passions and, Oh, I, I think for out. most, for most of us, I think some people need to just have the, the one lane road that they go down their entire lives. And the rest of us need to wander around blindfolded with our shoes tied together. And <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah. And, and I warned you, this is how the show's going to go too. So you're uh, welcome to welcome to my mind and the bad places and crazy places it goes. So you wanted to be a writer and you started your writing career by doing a coloring book. <laughs> Let's get back to that. So how was that? So you, you came up with the idea of the coloring book, you sat down, you created the coloring book. You now have the coloring book completed, right? You got physical copies of the coloring book, right? Yep. Where did you start selling them? I first launched it on Instagram. I'm actually just remembering that when the first edition was about double the size of the copy I sell now. And it was printed on the most high quality paper ever. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I bought it at a price that was great and I could sell it at the price that I wanted. I went to reprint it later and it turns out there was like some error in the printing company's order form. So I was getting a book at like $3 or something that should have been like $15, just the printing cost. <laughs> so the first one I launched was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Um, and yeah, sold it to my Instagram audience, um, got it into a couple stores. Okay. So I'm going to pause you. Snohomish. I'm going to yeah. pause you. Cause this is the question I like to ask authors. Okay. What was it like when you saw the book in the store for the first time? Oh, incredible. <laughs> and like, I, it's still in a lot of those stores and I don't <laughs> believe it when I see it. I'm like, what is that? Like, why uh -huh. is my weird project here? Okay. Um, well, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully that's okay. So that's okay. I'm going to stop you. That's both a good and a bad thing to think of. Why is my weird project still here? Because it's not selling is a bad thing. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I hope it's, I think it's selling. I do get some, you know, payouts monthly. Okay. From but if it's not so, selling and it's still there, that's not the good thing we're looking for. You might just collect them, <laughs> collect them and go away. No, I'm so you started out, you sold it on Instagram. You're selling it in some local stores in Snohomish. Hmm? What was the, let's ask the Instagram audience because that wasn't just people in Snohomish going into a, a brick and mortar store. This was the, the world. What was the feedback you were getting from people and why were they buying a coloring book about a word they probably couldn't pronounce? <laughs> I think most of my audience was from Snohomish. I know a lot oh, okay. of people, um, a lot of people, you know, would comment or leave reviews about their, we go on a nightly walk with our kids and we scout out the houses so we can match colors and whatnot and oh, bring so them to life. Okay. So people are trying to do real to life it's life <laughs> okay documentary right. coloring books um <laughs> and i actually as a within the same chapter of my life i also made coloring books for other towns in the pacific mm -hmm. northwest mm -hmm. i made one for um bellingham everett and spokane okay and i got the cutest email from someone saying that we're so excited we got, um, I think it was the Bellingham coloring book. It's for my 85 year old mother. And basically the only thing she can and wants to do is color in this book. And I drive her around town so we can sit outside the houses while she colors them, which that's, was so adorable. Yeah, that's very cool. That that's, that is actually super cool. So you did, oh, so you did these other, the other books and you said that chapter of your life. So. I mean, they're still on your website, so you still are selling them, but you're not, we're not going to see historic homes of, of Burien anytime soon or <laughs> federal way. I don't think so. I might consider historic homes of Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, in part because that's a big market. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a spoke of a wheel. Like I did it and I think I'm done. <laughs> Moved on to other projects. I would, I would tell you if you decided you wanted to do another, another another city that has great looking older architecture is Tacoma. Oh Tacoma, yeah. Tacoma does. Tacoma has some really great old home. And the nice thing for you when you're doing your research, they're all in the same two mile radius. So they're all, mm -hmm. they're all one. It's easy to wear Seattle. You got to go all around Seattle to. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this will close the chapter on the coloring books. What was next? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, next was a puzzle, um, which I, I guess the puzzle was born of a print. So before it was a puzzle, it was this okay. image. Um, it's a really cool bird's eye view map of Snohomish. Okay. It was drawn in um, 1889 or 1890 by basically a traveling artist um, who went around to different towns uh, in that era. Mm-hmm. And real estate agents or um, civic boosters, whatnot, would pay these artists to draw these bird's eye maps. Right. Um, so there's this great black and white map. I colorized it mm -hmm. and really brought it to life in a whole new way. Um, so that was a super fun project. I would like to do more of those. That spoke of the wheel is still active. Okay. Um, and yeah, I printed it, um, 
prints you can put on your wall. And then I also made it into a puzzle, which was really fun. Okay. Interesting. I'm noticing a theme here, but we'll, keep, we'll keep pulling on the thread here. Snohomish. So we've got, so let's, let's talk about the walking tours though. Um, okay. Where did you get the idea? And oh boy, sorry, I can't think of another, I'm going to say this. Walk me through, walk, <laughs> walk me through kind of a, an example of, of a current, what, 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 what one would expect if they went on one of these tours with you? Yeah. The walking tour idea was also born probably a few years before I started the Instagram. Um, there's a great author in Snohomish named Warner Blake, and he had a book release. Um, the book was about one of our town's architects. And so he was offering these special edition tours <laughs> to correspond with the book. Mm -hmm. And I went on one and I was like, this is so great. Why aren't there tours all the time in Snohomish? Mm -hmm. And I stayed quiet, you know, thinking that, but all the other people on the tour were saying the same thing. Like, Oh my God, I would love to do this. I wish there was a residential tour. I wish there was a downtown tour, et cetera. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of crazy because I'm really an introverted person. And like I said, I had no interest standing in front of a group of high schoolers and like performing history. Right. But um, made no sense. But I'm going to offer you that people that sign up for a walking tour aren't doing it because they're, they need, it's not a graduation requirement. It's oh, not yeah. mandated. So they're doing it because there's no test. Right. There's no test. Well, maybe you should have tests. Just I should. Putting that out there, you know. Um, offer like a full refund if they get 100% of the questions right and then give them an impossible question. Just like, Ooh, you know, something. That's a great marketing idea. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and you got to change the impossible question every time because let's be honest, people are going to cheat. They're just going to go, hey, the ex the answer you need to know is blah. And, like, and then pretty soon you're not making any money on your walking mm -hmm. tours. No, and I'll, all, all kidding aside, if I go on a walking tour, it's because I find that I find it to be potentially interesting. I'm going because I expect to learn something and be, you know, I don't want to say entertained, like, dun, 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 but like it enjoyable. How about that? So I think that might be really in line with what you wanted to do in college. I think it totally is. I think I've become a public history teacher. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I don't have to be accountable to anyone or any state standards. I can write right. whatever I want and talk about whatever I want. Um, and that's been, yeah, that's been great. And it's gotten really good response so far. I mean, I definitely was like, okay, I'll write the tour, but I need to find someone else to post it. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I did the first one and got that positive human feedback. I was like, okay, I'll keep doing this. And now it's my baby and I don't want to give it away to anybody. Okay. Um, but yeah. So walk me through when do you, when do you typically, when are these tours conducted? Um, I have been doing them on the second Saturdays of every month Okay. The, that might expand through the summer since mm -hmm. everyone wants to be outside a bit more. I have actually been so lucky and had no rainy days. Really? since November when I started. So I, okay. I made it the whole winter with no oh, rain. That's, that's shocking to me. Okay. It is shocking. So second Saturday I show up and how many people are in a typical group? What, what, what's your capacity? What can you handle? 
Like, my, it's like the pizza, the pizza place question. I mean, what's the, <laughs> what, what my max capacity for walking tour? I, I like to do 10. Okay. Um, especially since we're doing it on Saturdays and Snohomish gets very busy and you got mm -hmm. to corral people on this corner of a sidewalk and you're not having them hold hands as they cross the street or hold onto a rope together. I mean, I should probably start doing that <laughs> okay. just to be safe. I had to talk to the insurance agent the other day and figure out, can I wait people on these tours and crossroads and walk upstairs? And it's a, yes, I can. Okay. But so you got all protected. Okay. So the goal is the capacity of the, of the tour is 10. Mm -hmm. We start at Katy Park, which is um, really where the roots of Snohomish began. Mm -hmm. um, it's a historic boat landing. Um, and then we, well, it depends on if we're doing a downtown or a residential tour, but we have a little circuit. It takes just over an hour. Okay. And um, yeah, we talk about all sorts of buildings and larger themes of Snohomish history. Um, I've been on a lot of historic walking tours in my life because I like this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really tried to pull all of the best practices of a good walking tour and apply them to my own. So um, I like to keep things moving. <laughs> I like to have really strong, interesting characters that I'm sharing. Okay. Um, and I bring a bunch of old photos so you can see, um, what it looked like in the past and then look at this building right in front of you, which I think is a really fun element. On the home tour, you ever have anybody that, you know, get off my lawn or, you know, that they're, <laughs> they're, you know, you're all stopped in front of the house at one, 101 main street and they're and the people are like would you stop looking at us i mean anybody, if you live in a home that's of his i'm sorry I, I really do believe that if you're living in a historic home you kind of have to know that people are going to look at it yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah i have not had that happen yet but i honestly have a lot of anxiety about that <laughs> happening and I've even looked into the laws of this, like as long as I'm not standing on their property, I can take pictures of their houses um, and I can, yeah, stand outside and talk about them. Right. I think it's, I think if I'd done this like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. um, there might've been more <laughs> confusion and concern about it, but Snohomish has really grown and for better or worse, the homes in the historic district um, have gotten much more expensive and much nicer. And so I think it's kind of expected that folks are outside your house <laughs> talking about well, it, admiring honestly, it. Honestly, wouldn't no. you, if you bought a home, wouldn't you kind of be bummed if you bought a historic home? I nothing about Snohomish here, just, just in general, let's say you bought this historic home and you know, you're going to abide by the whole, the rules and regulations of maintaining the historic home to, depending on what community you're in and all of those things. Uh, wouldn't you be a little disappointed? Like nobody looks at my house. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A little bummed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be I like mean, I th being the house in the neighborhood where nobody stops for Halloween. It's like, what well, would we do wrong? <laughs> we put all the things in the yard and nobody comes by. So far the feedback from home homeowners that I know has all been positive and they want their house featured and talked about because exactly they're proud of it. And <sighs> they've done a lot of work on the renovation and they're, you know, um, yeah. treasuring this historic resource that obviously we are too. We're like, we're all on the same page. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I kid, but you know, staff my lawn. I could, you know, I could, yeah, see I could totally I, see that. I could totally see that. 
Well, that's that's cool that you're doing this, and so you're doing them once a once a month, and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm on your website. And it says here, and so if it's written down and it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Uh, we've sold out every tour since launch. Congratulations! That's have, very yeah. cool. Thank you. So now here's an interesting piece. A, a portion of your ticket helps fund the historic downtown Snohomish Association. That's very cool. How did you get involved with that organization? Well, they scouted me. <laughs> um, oh. the, the executive director, Megan, um, she reached out and wanted me to serve on their board. Okay. Um, the Historic Downtown Snohomish Association for a long time has been about um, <clears throat> boosting the economic vitality of Snohomish. All right. Where we host different events and support different programs, but there needed to be a stronger history element. Mm -hmm. um, so she saw the work that I was doing and, yeah, invited me to bring in more history programs and events and whatnot, which so far is off to a great start. Okay. I um, have a committee <laughs> dedicated to historic <laughs> preservation projects. Okay. okay. Um, and so far so good. Yeah. Cool. That's, I think it's great that you're, you're giving back. That's, yeah. that's very cool. Let's, let's stop talking about Snohomish for just a second. Let's, let's go okay. to this more, the state representative for the American Association of Local and State History. <laughs> mm -hmm. What on earth is that? And don't say it's an association about history. Um, <laughs> elaborate. It's an association based in America. Okay. Talking about um, when was yeah. it established? No, just, <laughs> no. What's 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 the what's the overarching intent of that organization? Yeah, that is an organization. They are based on the East Coast, and they're trying to. Um, kind of become more well-known over here on the West Coast. Okay. Basically, um, they provide all sorts of resources for small historical societies um, and museums and whatnot. They have an annual um, awards program, awards show, okay. where they highlight all sorts of small history projects. And so my role as a state representative is to um, field all these nominations that come in for this awards show. And like I said, they're trying to build their West Coast um, brand. So like the majority of their nominations all come from like Boston and <laughs> South Carolina, Virginia, like all those places with right. very old with, <laughs> history. Compared to ours, yes. Yes. Um, but this year's award ceremony is being hosted in Boise, Idaho. So um, they're trying to make a big push to get more West Coast representation. So okay. and how long have you been involved with this organization? And how did you hear about them? Because I've not that I know everything. I don't at all. But I've never heard of this. So it's intriguing to me. Yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to grab the brand more for them. Um, I've been involved about a year. So yeah. it's still new. Um, and I forget the second part of your question. How did you hear about them? Oh, how did I hear about them? I was looking up basically resources for local history. Okay. I think local history is so important and so fun and so cool. And 
they offer all sorts of um, like seminars and like professional development programs um, for local historians to learn how to talk about your history, how to share it online, how to um, get grant funding for your museum, et cetera. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we're working our way backwards here. Commissioner for District 5 mm -hmm. of the Snohomish County Historic Preservation Commission. How many districts are there? Um, I want to say seven, but I don't know why I want to say that. <laughs> so I could, it could be right. And it could just be loose <laughs> in the back of my head. Could be completely wrong, folks. Okay. Or it could be totally wrong. So we're gonna we're gonna operate on the premise that there's at least five because you're in district five but no, we're gonna operate it's on the premise there's gotta be five but there's between five and seven which maybe we'll pick six but anyway this is just for snohomish county right so yes so if so dividing up snohomish county district five i'm gonna guess is the the, the city town of snohomish right mm -hmm. okay is is everett its own district i mean where, what other districts are there that you're aware of? I mean, yeah, maybe we could figure this out just by thinking of large <laughs> communities. There's there's Everett, there's Edmonds, there's Granite Falls, there's Snohomish, so we're up to four. There must be maybe a Lake Stevens. Lake Stevens. Marysville, okay. something in between. Marysville. That would be six. But what's what's east of Snohomish? Monroe? Oh, Monroe. Okay. You can even go to Index. Is it index um, in King County? Yeah. Isn't that? I think index is Snohomish. I always get County. confused. It always seems like King County butts back in over there. It's like, it's yeah, ours. at some point on Highway 2, you drop yeah. down into King County for yeah, a moment. It's, it's just weird. Yeah. Okay. So, how long have you been doing this? That, that work? That one's also recent. That's okay. just um, a few months. And that yeah. is, um, yeah, that is part of the county itself, the county government. Okay. And um, they have, obviously, this Historic Preservation Commission, which oversees all sorts of historic preservation projects. And they, too, have um, grant funding, mm -hmm. um, grant money that they mm -hmm. distribute to local historical societies and whatnot doing good work. So uh, part of my role is deciding who gets that money okay, very cool. which projects are funded. So, well, I can, I know is this to like help people who want to get their house put on the historic roles. It's, it's bigger projects. Um, okay. I was just gonna say, last... it's like your walking tour. Think about how, how, how nice people would be if you help them get, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally. I mean, that'd be cool. I think it has to be privatized because this is, I, I want to say it's tax dollars or it's coming from the state level. Uh, well, tax, tax dollars. dollars. It's, it's tax dollars of some port. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At some level. Um, so no, it's, it's bigger projects like museums, adding new exhibits. A okay. lot of the work this past year has been digitizing, um, mm. old newspapers and old photos because there is so much dang history sitting in boxes and basements and, um, yeah, digitizing those is a val okay. valued effort, I think. <laughs> so I am on a page that says, Snohomish, small town, big history. And I'm just scanning. This is what I do. <laughs> and I quote, it's a very weird place. Some I wrote that. that. 
Some storefronts were built quickly and hand-operated cable ferry strung across the river. It was a, it is, it was a very weird place. He said trees along the bank. Mm. That's don't. a quote. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I typed it. You <laughs> typed it, but no, I'm not. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I just. It's a weird place. Okay, but as I scrolled here, you have a f looks like an old postcard of Pilchuck, Julia, and Jack. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna read exactly. And you have to help me. Okay. Coast Salish people known as the. Stodobish. Please say that again. Stodobish. Stodobish. That is what I, that is what I interpret from the letters. Okay. <laughs> together. So folks, and since you can't, this is a podcast audio. So we're going to spell this out, folks. She has it spelled and this is how we get to Stodobish. S D O H dash D O H dash H O H B S H. Yes. You did a far better job pronouncing that than I'm ever going to do it. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I looked at that and went, what on earth is that? Okay. It took some practice and I hope I'm doing it right because now it's kind of stuck in my brain like that is the right way. I think there's probably, I was a native speaker of, oh. uh, Salish language, the shoot scene, then I think there'd be more nasal to it. But I don't know no, if I know I, how to I do that. Could not, I couldn't do it. I could not say that. So I'm just scrolling, and you've got some great photographs through the years. Thank some, you. you know, some old postcards, some some logging photos, some more modern stuff of some of the historic homes. Um, and I forgot about you know in the '60s that there was some. Like in lots yeah. of area, lots of areas in America, you know, we were tearing things down that maybe we regret doing. <laughs> yeah, the '60s was interesting for Snohomish because it really was like right now. If you go to Snohomish, it is a vibrant, happening mm -hmm. community and growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. But the '60s, it was uh, quite depressed, and there just wasn't the same industries that had supported it all along, like logging and mining and fishing and whatnot. And so they wanted to tear down. All the old buildings, <laughs> like everything that I'm basically yeah. monetizing right. and put up a mall, like a Northgate style mall, which I am so glad didn't happen. Like, and it came close. Like it was, there was, um, for months, there was this back and forth between city planners and architects and someone drawing up the plans. Mm -hmm. Um, and it came down to a city council vote and the city council didn't have enough money to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So they voted no. Okay. So we were saved. So I'm I'm still scrolling and you've got and I'm not gonna click on all these, but you got map of historic places, index of historic Snohomish, and then you've got one called researching your home, and you've got a uh an estimate invoice for what a home uh would have cost in nineteen eleven. <laughs> so here's a couple of things about this that I question whether it's real or not. Um the date is March sixth. Um, and the completion date is June 6th. So in 90 days, they can build a home. No way. No way. That just doesn't happen. But what I want to know is, so the contract... There was far less oversight, though. So you didn't have to wait for your approval. Okay. And like that, something that, like, plumbing's great or whatever. <laughs> you just power through. And... It's good enough. What, so, but here's the thing. This, this kind, it says kind of building, frame house, nine rooms. 
contract price, $3,900, which sounds super cheap. Except for in 1911, that wasn't, that was a lot of money. So this was not just a little shack of a home being built. This was, this was a, an, you know, an interesting home. Yeah. I'm curious what that would be in 20, $23. Should I Yeah, why, why I, Maybe why I talk, you look that up because I'd be curious. But my okay. question, my question about the researching homes, you are uh, probably familiar that you could have ordered a home through Sears and Robot catalog back in the day. Right. Yeah. Are there any of the Sears and Roebuck homes that you know of in Stohomish? There is one that I know for sure. And I'm, and there are definitely more than one, um, yeah. but there's one that I know for sure, which is the Klein house. Um, it is on Avenue a, and it's a beautiful Victorian home. Lots of the like gingerbread specialty mm -hmm. decor and whatnot. Right. Um, and I learned that it was a, a kit house, mm -hmm. um, from someone who had repainted it or done the roof, something like that. Someone commented that, oh yeah, I, you know, knew the original owners and it was this kit house. Right. So I was, yeah. thought it was I was always thought it was interesting. You know, you could, you could literally buy anything for the home, including the home in Sears and Robot catalog back in the day. Um, fascinating yeah it really is in the old the old uh sears distribution warehouse down there in in seattle um it's mm -hmm. where starbucks is now mm -hmm. the starbucks corporate center it used to be the the uh, sears distribution center and so each of those floors is one hundred and ten thousand square feet and <laughs> th through there was circular um when starbucks took the space there was still the where people could roller, it was hardwood floors and people could roller skate over and drop the package in the, in the chute and it would circle down to the packing room at the bottom. And so people would be pulling orders and dropping them down these, these, these circular chutes. So, hmm. you know, imagine your house going down. Just kidding. Well, I was going to say we're, we've kind of come full circle because now Amazon offers right. those like <laughs> tiny right. homes. You just buy delivered. Right. right. It's crazy. It's just, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, You've, you've done a really interesting job to me of bringing Snohomish attention to Snohomish's vibrant history to a digital age, a distracted digital age. Do you find your audience, what, what who is your audience? Um, my audience, if I'm going to like generalize it or take the median mm -hmm. average of it, um, tends to be, uh, women basically my age in their thirties, um, who have young families living in Snohomish. Hmm. Um, and then I have another chunk of um, followers that mainly exist on Facebook. Facebook's a bit older of a crowd. And so, um, it's so funny. Like I'll post the same thing on Instagram and then on Facebook and the way it's received is so different. And, um, Facebook, it's an older crowd who has been around Snohomish for much longer and, you know, they've like experienced this history themselves. And so there'll be so many comments from people sharing their story or like my grandma knew Pilchuck Julia and like all sorts of things. And it's, 
so fun. And I actually learned so much and get so much history from my, my post Facebook comments. Um, well, it's funny that you say that. Wait a second. So I commented on the Pilchuck Julia postcard on your history of Snohomish page. I just well, bounced over to your Facebook page and I'm scrolling <laughs> and at the time we're recording this, two days ago, it says Pilchuck Julia occupies a, str a strange, though honored place in Snohomish. Yeah. Elaborate. <laughs> well, I wanted to do, um, I wanted to do a Pilchuck Julia post because I was thinking about Mother's Day, to be honest, but I'm also impatient, so I posted it <laughs> two days ago, which is late April. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Pilchuck Julia is a really interesting character because there's like no records. Records are mm -hmm. so non-existent. I basically just have census records to work off of. And then all of these very romanticized Victorian like newspaper articles where I think I have a quote on that where they say something like, Pilchuck Julia was here when the Snohomish River was dug and Mount Rainier was builded. And it's all this yeah. really flowery, silly, dramatized description of, you know, a real human being who is probably like living a pretty tough life with lots of transitions and changes going on while she's, you know, adapting to all these white folks moving in and new economic system and right. all sorts of things. So I was trying to um, to capture a bit of her history as factually <laughs> as I could. Okay. And humanizer a bit more. So she married a, a, a guy that was only known as Pilchuck Jack. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they, we do not have their native names. And they were gifted five acres. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So what? Yikes. Jack passed away in 1903 after being struck by a train. That's, yeah, that's... it was, it was rough. Her, so her husband, um, was walking on the railroad trestle, which is, you know, I don't know how many feet above the ground, but quite high up and um, was struck by a train and died. And then a few years later, her son um, was also walking on a railroad trestle and he fell from it and broke his back. So a little bit of tragedy there, right at the turn of the century. This is, this is fascinating. So, and I'm just, going to read your words, you know, rip you off, okay. you know, sorry. Julia supported the family by monetizing her traditional ways, selling clams, salmon, berries, and handmade baskets. You add one hopes she received a royalty from the Snohomish advance must be the newspaper mm -hmm. that in from 1913 to 1917, which published a Pilchuck Julia says column. How on earth do you think they picked a native American woman to do a, now, Pilchuck Julia says, and the column was with weather predictions. So, I mean, I think that was part of the this like Victorian romanticization of the Native American. Um, I mean, it's not like they had an advice column from her. It yeah, was. I mean, that'd be... <laughs> it was like weather predictions that were probably written in broken English, you know, like, I think there's, there's these printed quotes where they're saying Pilchuck Julia says the snow will be two squaws deep. And I don't know, that's totally not appropriate to say now. <laughs> right, <laughs> totally not right. Cool. It, it, that's, but I'm kind of smirking because it's like, well, but yeah. yeah. Okay. But so, so then you go on to say, you know, so 
They, so they published the Pilchuck Julia Says column with weather predictions. It was so accurate, it was picked up by other papers and ran throughout the county. Mm-hmm. Really bizarre to me. That's just, I've not. <laughs> but then, and this is the last the last thing we'll talk about with her, is because it's the end of the story, frankly. Uh, in the early 1920s, Julia, now in her 80s, earned top billing on a parade float for the Klahaya. 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 Okay, Klahaya. <laughs> Another episode where Scott cannot pronounce words. Klahaya days advertises a seer, weather prophet, and a hundred percent American. Yeah, I think that was an interesting moment in time that I would love to dig deeper into because the 1920s um, America is um, is very into its national identity and its white identity. Mm-hmm. So I think what they're what they're doing there is you know, advertising her, and you'll see in the picture that she's sitting next to a teepee, and there yes. would not have been teepees in no. Snohomish. And, especially not with one with an American flag draped on it. That too, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so funny. I mean, they're just, they're really writing their own history there. And yeah. Merging just, all. It, it is, and you know, I, I gotta, you know, I'm trying to, I always try to stay very, like, not have an opinion whether something is Sure. Correct or not. Yeah, but I think this is interesting though. So you are you are going back and you're in my this is my interpretation of what you're doing. You're you're going back into the history of your of your community and you're finding nuggets of interesting things. Good interesting, not so good interesting. You know, it's not necessarily I don't think I don't think you're being very Pollyanna here. I think you're you're kind of showing <laughs> you're showing. But you're also, you know, you're bringing it to us in 2023. And you're saying, hey, look at this. This is a person who yeah. had a Pilchuck Julia Says column and snow was two squaws deep. Some people might get really offended by that. I don't personally know why. But it's interesting yeah. how this person in Snohomish's history played a role like she did. That's pretty cool. And so I like what you're doing a lot. I think what you're doing to to showcase Snohomish is is very, very cool. Um, Thank you. And, and one of my goals with this, which is partially um, based in my, my, you know, graduate school teacher training and partially just because this is the type of writer I am, but I really want to make this history so digestible and relevant mm-hmm. that it's not like, ugh, history so boring so what like all those sorts of judgments that folks have well i'm gonna read your latest facebook post just because i think you summarized it pretty nicely did you know snohomish walks is 100 percent owned and operated by taylor russell a 2009 shs grad independent historian and hyper curious creative i write research and publish snohomish history because somebody has to but seriously Mm -hmm. i'm darn happy it's me and even happier to share you can support Snohomish Walks and get even more history. That's all caps, folks. She's yelling even more history. Over <laughs> on my Patreon. Over, over on my Patreon. Teaser, I just posted a first look for my newest product launch. I post exclusive in-depth articles and extra. I have to hit more. Oh, darn. And extra found photos, new products behind the scenes, and Patreon-only discount codes for Snohomish Walks retail and walking tours. And she basically then tells you to join her Patreon page. 
Yeah. Which is an interesting transition because you are the first creator I've talked to in a long time that's still using Patreon. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> Where's everyone just, going? Tell me. <laughs> I don't know. That's just it. I, I don't know what they're doing. So mm -hmm. I'd like to, if you, you know, can we shift and talk about Patreon? Yeah. Well, besides, besides why the question is, why did you do it? But the, besides the answer to make money, what, what does Patreon, it allows you to put a paywall up and add bonus content, right? Mm -hmm. Has it been a good platform for you? Yes, I think so. I think I, I should have started it sooner. Okay. All right. Um, because now I would say my audience is quite used to the quality of free material okay. gotcha. that I'm providing. So I think I've had a hard time, um, transitioning it, but, um, I do have a, a good chunk of, um, supporters there and basically, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a writer, so like fitting what I want to say into an Instagram post, mm -hmm. um, can sometimes be quite challenging. And I wanted to have, uh, an outlet to mm -hmm. share longer posts things that are more complicated that I don't want to simplify mm -hmm. into, you know, however many characters an Instagram post is, um, you should try writing on Twitter. Really, <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it really, for really many reasons. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> really forcing into you know, being yeah. concise. Okay. But for example, like I have a post coming out next month on the Patreon, which builds on that Pilchuck Julia history that I shared because I, I went on a deeper dive into mm -hmm. the relationship between white men and native American women mm. and all these different complications of, um, men, pioneer men coming out here, marrying native American women and the like legalities and like, there's all sorts of stuff. Okay. I'm not going to share it all because you got to look on the Patreon. Um, but there's so much to say about these topics and it's so fascinating and okay. eager to write it. You also have an Etsy store. I do. You've got enamel pins. I'm looking yeah. at those because we're, we're just launching. We just pre-launched our first enamel pin. I saw your pin and it's really cute. I love yeah. Thank it. you. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. And so I'm looking at yours and I think these are really cool. I, I, I didn't realize until, you know, I don't know, a few months ago that pins were a thing. I, I, mm -hmm. I had no clue. Like it's a creepy. So it's a big people. world. It's a really big and scary world. A kid, but <laughs> next. Yeah. Pins, everybody pins. Like, really? Yeah. And you know, the thing is like, like this new, I just launched a 2023 Snohomish collectible pin set mm -hmm. and I intentionally did three homes and just one commercial building right. because I find that people all across the country buy the homes ones. Like I don't, they've never been to Snohomish and they have no connection, but people collect house pins. So it totally widens my audience. And I think it's so cool that now someone in like Florida is has by, the Klein house, the Victorian Sears Roebuck Snohomish house. Go figure. I, I, I it, no, it's just, it's cool because you're right. I, 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 I'm looking at your 2023 collectible pins and I, I don't care that they're Snohomish houses. So I don't mean that in a negative way. I just, I'm looking at them going, these are cool. I don't care that they're Snohomish or Spokane or right. Seattle or Squim or anywhere. I just think they're cool. So it's like, I would buy them 
if I were into pins, I, you know, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. it's not, I don't mean disrespect. Like I don't care that they're Snohomish. I don't mean like that. It's just, I'm not buying them because they're Snohomish. I'm buying them because I think they're cool. And it's interesting that you say that people, so the people aren't buying the commercial, the historic commercial buildings as much. They, th those seem to be more local folks that are buying the Snohomish pin, the commercial well, bins. Or, not on Etsy, at least. Etsy, Etsy is the one that gets that more national audience, obviously, because it's yeah. Etsy. Um, well, I, I'll ask you, what do you think's the most popular pin? Oh, my gosh. I have to go back and look and see how many I get choices. Sorry, I got to watch the <laughs> camera here. Technically, there's only four choices because that 2023 set has not been okay. publicly launched. It hasn't. So you got four. You've got the Snohomish pin, the Carnegie Library. You got the Victorian Klein House. You've got the Snyder House, I think, mm -hmm. and yep. the Oxford Saloon. Those are my choices, right? Yep. I'm going to say the Victorian Klein. Nope. And I'm going to go with the one that, the one, okay, okay. Then I'm going to go the completely opposite direction because the Oxford, is it the Oxford? It's not the Oxford, although that's probably second. Well, I've, I've got a 50-50 chance of guessing the, yeah. out of the last two. No, what, so what's, which one sold better? The most popular one has been the Carnegie Library. Interesting. Um, Interesting. People really love that library, and I think they see it as a symbol of Snohomish, which, I mean, mm -hmm. it's great. That's why I made these pins. Um, and the Carnegie was recently renovated, I think, starting in 2020 or 2021. Okay. Um, so it's been this, like... Like it was so ugly before it had this terrible 1960s edition built on the front of it. You couldn't even see the oh. beauty of the building. Um, yeah. And they tore that down. They repainted it. Now it's this like beautiful yellow squash color. Um, yeah. And folks have just been super excited to support their <laughs> Carnegie. All right. I can't remember your answer. I know I asked you this question during our pre 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 call interview. And I can't remember it. Full disclosure. So are you a coffee drinker? You're going to say no. I can no, just I'm not a coffee drinker. <sighs> this is where the show goes off the rails. You're not a coffee drinker. How can, how can you be a historian and a writer and not drink coffee? What fuels I think I your, should start. What like, fuels your, your, if you're not fueled by <laughs> caffeine when you're writing, what, what, what fuels you? Um, do you drink tea? So I don't drink tea. Sometimes I'll do a chai. Um, Looking Glass Coffee, shout out to Looking Glass Coffee in Snohomish. I think they have the best chai tea I've ever had. <laughs> I don't know what the mix is, although I think they sell it. Um, It's the best chai I've ever had. But yeah, caffeine is like so intense for me that I, I have one chai and I'm set for like three days. See, imagine how productive you'd be on coffee, on real caffeine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, think about it. You can write a book in a weekend. You can write a book in a weekend. In fact, you wouldn't even type it. You would just dictate it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, and then go back and let AI clean it up and then go, what the heck did I just say for the last 63 pages? Like this book is written on coffee and AI. Yeah. What author isn't using AI these days? No, just kidding. So local Snohomish now, what's going on in Snohomish that people should know about? today not historically but like currently what's what's modern happening day. in Snohom yeah what's happening in modern day Snohomish um Snohomish has so many cool 
shops and restaurants. And it's like becoming, when I was a kid growing up, um, there was lots and lots of antique stores. In fact, it still uses like the designation, the antique capital of the Northwest. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it honestly is <laughs> because a lot of those stores have closed and they've changed, but there's still tons of cool shops with um, lots of vintage stuff, lots of like home and decor. Right, right. I think that's its its main industry. Um, and it also has so many yummy food places. That's kind of been more recent, but there's there's actually a lot of young people who I graduated with, like from my high school class, who've left and come back come to back. Snohomish and started businesses, which I think is common. Right. Um, one of those is um, Grain Artisan Bakery. Okay. Um, they, I think, are one of the best bakeries in the Pacific Northwest. They have a lot of vegan and gluten-free options if you are eating that way. But, like, overall, it's still just really solid, good mm-hmm. baked goods. Okay. Um, there's also Radical Roots Farm owned by my friend James. And he has the most beautiful farmer's market booth I've ever seen. It's it's a local farm, like within the city limits of Snohomish. Okay. And he just like works. I think it's only like an acre, maybe a, a little bit more, but it's not very big. And he um, has just maximized the potential of this land. And they make the best veggies, the best carrots. Like if you're going to come to Snohomish, make sure it's a Thursday when the farmer's market is happening and get the carrots, carrots by James. They're so amazing. <laughs> that should be the tagline for the show carrots by james <laughs> awesome okay I, I tease but okay. you know when i think of snohomish it's funny because like what so what you know you've you've talked about kind of what i'll call the the touristy stuff food and, mm-hmm. and antiques and all that stuff industry wise what what are the big employers there now are there it any? feels, I mean, there's not like a major um, mill right. or something as there used to be. It seems like real estate and mortgage are crazy. There are so many mortgage offices in Snohomish. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. And I, um, I mean, we've kind of joked about that industry in this episode, but like they are some of my best clients because I'm making all this home material and this local Snohomish material. And it's a great client gift. If you haven't bought it yet, you're listening. Hey, realtors, if you're looking for a great gift to give to your buyers that have just closed on historic (laughs) homes, Snohomish, make sure you check out what Taylor's got over at Snohomish walks. Perfect. That was a great ad voice too. I love that. When I think Um, of Snohomish business, I, and I can't mm-hmm. figure is it, what's the name of the Ford dealership that's there? Binford, Bickford? Oh, Bickford Ford. Yeah. I always and don't been know why. For a long time. I don't know why that's the, that's when, when I think of Snohomish, that pops in and I'm not a car person. I could, you know, I'm, that's not my thing. I just think of that place. I, I think they ran ads on some radio station I listened to in my formative years or something. And it just stuck in my brain. <laughs> But downtown, oh, I'd you know, be so curious. Yeah, the historic downtown Snohomish has always been intriguing to me when we'd go up there and visit and all that. It's been a long, a long time since I've been over to Snohomish. So as we wrap this up, I've got a couple more questions for you. So, yeah, actually, we have three things, and so I'm going to let you pick which order you want to go in. Okay. Do you want the the easy question, 
or do you want the philosophical difficult question first? Uh, let's do the easy question first. And the easy question is what didn't I ask you to talk about that we should have talked about? Hmm. And if that's the easy question, can you imagine how hard the hard one's going to be? <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, well, you didn't talk to me about my future projects. You're right. Um, I didn't. Uh, thank you for catching me on that. Yeah. Which I'm super excited about. And, you know, saying them out loud helps keep me accountable. So I want to do that. Okay. Um, so let me go. I, let me just do this. So what do you got planned for the future? Okay. Oh yeah. Let me, I'm happy to share. Um, <laughs> I am working on a book, a book with text and writing. Um, <gasps> And it's going to be about postcards in Snohomish. I have been working on a postcard collection for a few years, one of my own, and uh, recently started going to postcard shows, which are so fun for like history nerds like me. Um, and I found so much cool stuff. And I just really want to share uh, Snohomish history through this interesting visual art form. So that's really I'm working cool. on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm so excited. I, very cool. So so you're working on a book about Snohomish history through postcards. Mm -hmm. When approximately are you trying to have this project wrapped up? The goal is August to publish it. Of August um, of 2023? Oh, 2023. See, if, yes. I don't, if I don't nail you down there, you're going to be, I said August. I didn't say what year. And, you, know, you can let it slip. Okay. So you're trying to totally. buy this, this summer. This yeah, summer August 2023, um, okay. because at the, the end of August, I am going to host a, like a pop-up shop, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to make it not just my products. Um, I also want to make it a sort uh, a mini museum so okay. folks can come and um, experience Snohomish history, learn a bit more, grab some products that they want, sign up for walking tours if they want to learn more. And right. yeah, I think it'll be really fun to. All right. I, mean, I, I so much of my business exists online and I'm used to looking at my computer screen and it's so great to have these interactions in real life. <laughs> yes, it is. I I'm, I'm with you on that too. So, so that's new and that's something you're working towards. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that we should have? Um, no, I think okay. we have covered. So, a good so chunk. Now's, yeah. now's the time for the, this is, this is your, this is the whole, the whole show wraps up to this, this specific oh question. You ready? I'm ready. Cake or pie and why? This is the hardest question you have asked all day. I have always historically been a cake person, but now as I've grown older and perhaps my taste buds have matured, I am a pie person. Um, okay. I like it more what, simple. What type of pie? <laughs> um, anything with rhubarb is okay. good for me. Okay. Yeah. So there's no wrong answer to that question, by the way. But it's it's so, so I always give this, not always, most of the time I give this disclaimer. I was, I was interviewing this person and unfortunately their episode, technology failed us. And, but I interviewed her and, her she she's a podcast host and that's a question that they ask a lot of their guests and i thought that's just a really ridiculous question first off it's just silly second of all 
It's fun. And third, watching people go, like you might have asked them if, you know, <laughs> I, I said, you know, you have two children, which one do you save? I mean, I think that might be mm -hmm. an easier answer for some people than cake <laughs> or pie. And then you, and then I ask why, and then they're like really agitated. So I think it's fun. And there are no wrong answers there. Okay, so your vote, rhubarb pie. Okay, last thing. This is, you get basically the final word here. Where can people find more information about you online? Well, I am most active on my Instagram, uh, which is at Snohomish Walks. Secondly, Facebook, at Snohomish Walks. And of course, the website, snohomishwalks.com. Okay. Um, and then if you like really like Pacific Northwest history, not even just focused on Snohomish Walks, but Pacific Northwest history in general, the Patreon has got long form articles and all sorts of fun stuff. Awesome. Well, we'll and we'll put those in the show notes too, so people can just click on them very easily too. Right. Thank you. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today and discuss a little bit about Snohomish's history and your, your role in it. Um, and I would not have guessed that the Carnegie library would have been the number one pin. Really wouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a cool looking pin. I just would have thought, I would have thought it was my, this is the rational. So I'm looking at all four of these pins. We'll just wrap up with this. I'm looking at these four pins. I'm like, yeah, Victorian house. That's kind of hard. Those are kind of like, yeah, everyone likes Victorian houses. That's the safe bet. Yeah. But then I was looking at the Oxford Saloon going, well, she kind of said commercial. I kind of got the vibe that houses are more popular than the commercial. And the Oxford pin, it's not that, it's not, it's, I don't mean this, you know, it's just mm, meh, meh to me. That one, uh, the it's four. It's a rectangle. It's a rectangle. Like it's just a rectangle. Right, it's a rectangle. It <laughs> is cool, but it's Oxford a rectangle. Is. And I'm, it's going to be one of those two. I would not have guessed Nahomish. I really wouldn't have. That would have been, I would have, that would have been my last guess. And I would have yeah. gotten it right because I had no other choices. Had there been a fifth it's... pin, I wouldn't have guessed the Carnegie <laughs> either. I just wouldn't have. I just. Totally. And, it's, and cool. it's not even clear it's a library, you know, it's just like a pop of yellow and people like it and they know it and they love it. And... Well, I think Carnegie, yeah. Carnegie libraries, cause they were so, you know, across the United States. And I think people actually kind of might probably collect Carnegie library things from all Ooh, communities. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. I think that's part of it's if you go back and look at your orders, uh -huh. I would bet you I would bet you that many of the Carnegie pins were not sold locally. That is so interesting. I haven't even I mean, I'll apply that to my marketing too. <laughs> well, because you know, Carnegie, that's you know, th I think that might be if it, and I'd be just curious if when we're done with this and you if you take the time, go look through your Etsy orders for that pin. And just see how new you're out of state. I'd just be curious what the percentage is. I bet, of course, I was completely wrong on picking which was the popular pin, so I shouldn't bet. But I think that pin might have sold more out of the area than the other ones. Yeah. By the way, before I forget, did you want to know how much that 1911 house oh, yes. that we're talking about is worth? So let's recap. So we looked at the house that had the bill of blading for it, basically, and it was 39, it was a nine bedroom home, $3,900 in 1911, going to be built in 90 days. Uh, that value today is $123,911.62. So compared to, I mean, what so can you buy? For, what can you buy for 100? <laughs> I mean, sorry, what house can you buy in Puget Sound for $123,000? 
absolutely nothing. Nothing. Absolutely you can't nothing. buy a yeah. building lot for one hundred twenty-three thousand. Yeah, I used to have like a Zillow alert for like hundred thousand dollar homes, and it stopped going off a long time ago. <laughs> and now it just sends you an email. Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> We're gonna stop sending you these until you get realistic. <laughs> oh my gosh, Taylor, thank you so much. This is this is a lot of fun. I I appreciate you being on, and I wish you best of success with your walking tours and all the things that the future of Snohomish has for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me on Twitter at Explore Law State. I'd love to hear your comments. You can also visit our website at explorewashingtonstate.com. If you know anyone who would like the show, it'd be amazing to share the show with them. This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today, and I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.